there's no way that I can frame, I can get all up in that microphone. All up in there. No, too uncomfortable. I got to back up. How's it going? We're recording. I know. We Are we? All that. Perfect. Me, all getting, that me getting all up in my mic. That's perfect. I'm very excited about the fact that that was recorded. I'm Stephen John Drew from Better Podcasting, a podcast about podcasting, part of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find fantastic geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to Game Life Balance US, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. How about some alcoholic Mountain Dew? Because we're going to talk about that. Also on today's show, malt beverages in general, John's Las Vegas trip to Raiders Stadium, and bottle surface, question mark? Final Fantasy XIV, the Steam Deck, and Baby Moon plans. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm very excited about a lot of things about today's episode, but you know what I'm really most excited about? What are you most excited about? I'm excited about the beverage I'm going to enjoy. Oh, is it? As we're recording is this it, episode. Is it a Mountain Dew seltzer? Mm. Mm, it smells good. Oh, mm. God. That is, mm. that is mm. atrocious. So, uh, welcome everybody to Game Life Balance, a show where we uh, drink and review various seltzers made by Pepsi. Coke Can you made by it? Pepsi. Can you tell that it's a 40? You got a big one? It's a 40. Why would you do that to yourself? It's more okay. because I, oh man, that's a whole, it's okay. a whole rabbit hole. Any, anybody ever, any, on any, game <laughs> life. Oh, yuck. Anyway, everybody, uh, Cody is drinking a Mountain Dew seltzer, which is not available in Illinois, right? Didn't somebody have to bring that to you? Yeah, they illegally transported it across the border. There's nothing illegal, I think, about bringing it across the borders. It's just not sold in Illinois yet. But anyway, we were at a bachelor party that we'll probably talk about um, at some point in this episode. Maybe, maybe not. If we don't, regardless... It was our first exposure, both of our first exposures to Mountain Dew Seltzer because somebody brought a sampler pack. Mm-hmm. And I can safely say that I have not tasted something so disgusting as the Mountain Dew Baja Blast Seltzer. It was truly one of the worst things that I have ever put in my mouth. In a long life of putting things in my mouth, but it was a Baja Blast. But it wasn't. It did not. It tasted no. It tasted nothing like Baja Blast. It tasted nothing like Mountain Dew. It tasted like dirty gym socks. It was absolutely disgusting. It was truly gross. So the fact that you and I, I will say that I did try one other one. It was that mixed berry one, and then there was a watermelon one, and the mixed berry one was slightly less offensive. I, I could not see myself drinking even half of a can of that. And you... Black cherry. Black you cherry. Voluntarily, berry. You have voluntarily... Black, yeah, black cherry. Go, ...gone out to a store and picked up probably the largest single-serving container of one of these seltzers that's available, right? I mean, I don't think they come any bigger than that for single servings. Um, God, I hope not. <laughs> I'm assuming that you bought that yourself and that's not a present. Is that correct? It is a present. Okay, well then, you know, that's 
slightly more excusable. You do need to get rid of it. If it's in your house, I can understand why you would drink it. Yeah. It's gross, isn't it? So while I was (laughs) at the bachelor party with you in Madison, my father-in-law and mother-in-law visited. And the love language that my father-in-law speaks is buying things, particularly at grocery stores. So in a text, in a family group text, he mentioned that he was in Des Moines, and I said, oh boy, I sure would like to try that Hard Mountain Dew. So he shows up with a 12-pack of Hard Mm -hmm. Mountain Dew, just as our our friend did at the other occasion, and he also showed up with about 15 40-ounce cans of terrible malt beverages. I mean, about half our Mountain Dew, there was also a Steel Reserve Blue Raspberry Twist. I was going to ask you if Steel Reserve was in there, okay? No, not just Steel Reserve. Steel Reserve Blue Raspberry Twist. Like a Smirnoff, but a Steel Reserve version of Smirnoff. And I mean, I'll get you, there, get you there quick. Multiple Bud Light margaritas. So if anybody wants to host a college party, I have a... Refri- and my beer fridge in my garage is literally full. It's completely full of 40s. And with other Mountain Dew, my wife is not happy with any of this. <laughs> you you are a 37-year-old man with a 2-year-old and another child on the way with a fridge full of college beverages. It's actually pretty incredible. I never asked for this. And the way I'm going to get rid of them, because I'm not going to drink them wait, all. Wait, 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 wait. You literally just told me that you asked for this. You asked your father-in-law <laughs> to bring you back Mountain Dew. You quite literally asked for this. You quite literally asked for this. Not this quantity. I wanted to try it, not live off of it for several weeks. There's a difference. And sure. what I'm saying is... I'm going to get rid of most of it by bringing it to my older brother's house because my 42-year-old brother is more likely to drink this kind of thing than me, and he'll actually enjoy it. You just need to bring it to a party, right? A single a single party get-together. Everybody is going to be Mountain Dew curious because that's the new thing with kids today. Mm. Kids today are all Dew curious, right? So. Yeah. If you yep. hit your desk so one more time, they will absolutely will delete this episode. They will absolutely be willing to try your your Mountain Dew. It will never see the light of day. I'm not editing out those taps or your malt beverages. I'm too busy. Are you a malt liquor fan? As a, as a total as <laughs> a total liquor, aside, let's, hardly, let's walk down that road. Malt liquor, I hardly malt newer. Nice, nice. Really though, are you a malt beverage fan? Wow, what's a malt beverage? So that's probably a no then, but things like Steel Reserve, Colt 45, things like that, they're, they're, they generally like walk the line between being boozier than beer, but less boozy than liquor. Obviously, it's not something you partake in uh, because you don't even know what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, Mount, the Mountain Dew Seltzer is a seltzer. It is not a malt liquor, but... Your, the malt liquors that you were talking about, things like Steel Reserve, th- those that you have in your fridge outside are malt liquors. And they're basically oh. just ways to get drunker faster, I think, is the, the kind of the main point of them. Well, wait, but the, this hard Mountain Dew Black Cherry Zero Sugar says malt beverage with natural flavors. Artificial sweetener and certified colors. Certified sure. colors? Certified, certified colors. the colors? But, but... 
it's still it bills itself as a seltzer, right? It's not a super boozy drink. It doesn't say seltzer anywhere on it. It says malt beverage. Does it? What's the yeah. like? How alcoholic is it? I didn't even look at that. It's five percent. It's five percent, which is the same as all the seltzers. It's the same. So that yeah. is that's trying to fill a space that seltzers are currently working in, right? Like things like your truly and and stuff like that. It it looks gross. It just looks gross. Um, but anyway, the malt liquors that you have. So like one of those malt liquors, you know, is going to be the equivalent of four of those. So that like that's what malt liquor is for. It also tastes disgusting. We have pl- we mm. have some friends that I think do drink them on occasion. Some uh, friends. Some friends, um, but generally, I find them very gross, and you don't even know what they are. So my guess is you would probably find them gross as well. Well, you know what? This is a relevant topic because this is a video game podcast, ostensibly, and gamers all drink Mountain Dew. Some things I'd like to point out. First of all, the artwork. There's like a, a violent-looking like tiger, kind of jumping out of the logo, or a like a bear tiger yeah, I don't- thing. I actually can't tell what that thing is. I, it kind of looks like a poorly drawn bear with like a big claw holding a cherry, <laughs> holding like a cartoon cherry, like in Super Mario Brothers 2. There's a video game reference for you. And uh, so that's, that's not even on brand for Mountain Dew. I don't even know what that's doing there. Second of all, despite there being alcohol, John, and this is one of my favorite things about this, there is zero sugar... And zero caffeine. Zero of either. Zero of the two things that make Mountain Dew, literally Mountain Dew, are just not there. It's just, it's food coloring and alcohol. <laughs> so what line? are you, yeah, yeah. We could, we could talk about how awful that Mountain Dew seltzer is for, for probably the entire episode. Why do you I don't keep think calling we, it a seltzer? Don't think it's we need to do seltzer. that. It's not a seltzer. It's not a seltzer. The Mountain Dew, let me, let me rephrase. The Mountain Dew malt beverage is we could talk about how bad it is for a long time. Uh, we don't need to. We don't need to, mm. though, because um, it's a video game podcast. Uh, but oh, right. it's also also like a lifestyle podcast. We we do stuff. I mean, the whole point of the show, right, is to say, how do you do stuff? And then there's also no, there's video no games. point to this show. There's no point to this show. Yeah, I can agree to that. Yeah. But I did some things. You did some things. I think yes, you did some I, things. I being Cody Goff, you being Jonathan Martin. Welcome. I think That's we're like recording that intro later. Super think, late title card. That's really which, good. Which to the listener, we already played because I may edit it. You know, it doesn't matter. We've been doing this for six weeks now, and I, <laughs> I haven't edited a single There's nothing episode. posted. It's perfect. It's I'm not going to post. It's I'm busy. I'll get to it. Yeah, so let's uh, one of the segments that we that we do often that we start with is life stuff, stuff we did in our life that is maybe video game unrelated, mm. possibly video game adjacent. You forgot the, the transition. Life stuff. I got to get all up in there. Life stuff. Uh, and so I did a thing that was very exciting. I. I didn't mean to hit that a third time. I that definitely, was I introed it twice for you. I did my I, best. That was I a did mistake. My best. <laughs> anyway, I went to Las Vegas, which is a thing I've done before, right? And the thing you've what? done, 
you have also gone to Las Vegas. I have. So, I have. So people my age generally don't like Las Vegas. Our age. People our age generally don't wait, like wait, Las wait, Vegas. Wait, wait, wait. If you wait, wait, listen wait, wait, wait. to if you listen to like anybody in media talk about Las Vegas, all I ever hear is about how much people hate Las Vegas. That's all I hear. Like I am too old for Vegas, blah blah blah. The people that are that I listen to that are my age, right? So that is kind of like the attitude that that I hear on the outside. I have never stopped loving Las Vegas ever. And maybe that makes me a basic bitch, but there is just something about that city and the weird 24-hour energy to it that is not ultra crowded like a place like New York, but is just like there is there's just like a constant state of inebriation across the entire city for the entire time that you are there. Well, the entire strip. Sure, sure. Well, the people that are there visiting, right? Like the people that are there to to visit and have fun in Las Vegas. There's just like a, like like I said, like a constant level of inebriation from basically any substance you could possibly think of, which is available in Las Vegas, right? Uh, And people are just there kind of to have a good time. Like that's like that is the purpose of people going there. So like generally the people that you meet are just in it to like have fun. They are having fun. They are trying to have a good time, which I think in most of my experience there puts me in a place where I'm having a good time and I just have a really good time there. It's really fun. So I was in Vegas. I went to Vegas with my coworker and my brother and my brother-in-law and we all stayed in the same room. And the reason for this trip and maybe other people had trips like this too. Um, in the before times, the before COVID times, my my coworker and I, um, who were, were very close, we were talking. We both love football. And the Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas had just opened. So this was a big deal. It was the most expensive stadium up to that point. Um, they did like a virtual tour of it. It looked fantastic from everything that they showed. And so my coworker and I were like, should we like make a, an excuse to plan a trip to Las Vegas so we can go to the stadium? And the answer was yes by both of us. Um, and that was three years ago. And then COVID happened. So we were going to go, we were going to go, you know, the winter of 2020. And that was quite literally when the world was closed. Um, and then the following year, we were certainly not comfortable enough yet to go. But we did, we were like, you know, it's in, in 2022. That's going to be our year, provided that COVID has like eased up a little bit. That's going to be our year to go. So at the start of this year, it seemed like things were kind of trending that way. And so we said, all right, let's do it. And we planned the trip. We planned it in like March or something like that. So the whole impetus of this trip was to go to the new Raiders stadium and go to the Raiders game. Um, The thing is, is we were like, well, we're going to make a Vegas weekend out of it. So we went as four guys, uh, ages 37 to 41, going to Las Vegas and I think I I am too old to go to Vegas like that. So the energy among four 37-year-old dads, because that's what we all are, trying to act like young men and stay out till five in the morning every night is a lot different than the energy when, like, I go with my wife. And we hang out by the pool most of the day, most days. And like our evening is a nice dinner out and maybe a show or something like that. And maybe a little bit of gambling before we go to bed at a normal hour for people our age. 
So we planned a four day trip and it was the first time I can remember coming home from Vegas and saying that trip was one day too long. And it was. The yeah, trip you never spend no. more than three days. In, and I love Vegas. I'm with you. But yeah. three days is the max. Yeah, it was. And it was. And it was. And I certainly learned that I have I have never been more tired than <laughs> the week following that trip. <laughs> the week coming up. It took me. And again, this is totally as of our age at this point. It took me until that weekend which is when the bachelor party was. Oh yeah. To feel normal. Like I think the first day I felt well rested was the day I woke up and had to drive to Madison for the bachelor party. So so this was the weekend before the bachelor party. And so just that was the general overview. A couple of really really great highlights. Um the first was the actual football game itself. Um the game will be remembered because it was an overtime game where the Raiders were up 20 to 0 at the half. And then lost the game in overtime. So, oh boy, at, in their home stadium. So that will be a remembered game. I got to see, you know, like some of the best players in the NFL play. That was really cool. The stadium. Who, who they play? Who they uh, the play? Car- the Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals. They hit two grand slams. It was a hell of a game. Um, the the stadium itself was. It was. I like I can't even describe to you how opulent I guess it kind of felt. There were these incredibly exclusive areas within the stadium that you could go to, players clubs type things. But then downstairs there was something called like the win experience and there was there were velvet curtains. You couldn't even see into the area that the win experience was in. But when you go into the stadium and look down, there are these booths that are directly against like the sidelines and the end zone. And that is where people that are having the win experience are watching the game in these big like leather booths that are down there. So it is a, it is a very exclusive and I'm sure very expensive endeavor to get in there. Um, the stadium was the most expensive stadium I have ever been to. The cheapest beer was $17, which is, which is crazy to me for stadium prices. Even here in Minnesota at the, at us bank where the Vikings play, it's like $12 a beer. And that doesn't feel great to pay, but is I, I'm like, I'm at a sporting event. This makes sense at least, but like almost $20 didn't even make sense. Didn't even make sense. It did not stop me from drinking there. Um, and then the food was out of this world. They had probably 30 different places to eat. And it was all stadium food. So it was just the kind of place where you do go up and order. Everything was like 20 to 25 bucks. But it felt like... It felt like... F- even better than food truck food. In terms of the type of food they were made. Like I had this hot chicken sandwich that it tasted like it was like a, an actual Nashville barbecue chicken sandwich like that you would get in a Nashville restaurant. It was delicious. It was awesome. So they're doing some things definitely right with that stadium. It's super cool. There was this giant Twitch lounge, a Twitch lounge. So there's this huge area sponsored by Twitch that is exclusive. You have to pay to get in there or you have to be invited to get in. They have their own bar snacks and stuff like that in there. I just saw it from the outside. I haven't done any research into what's in there. 
but they've got all these TVs everywhere. And I was wondering, and part of me was wondering, like, are they showing their own streamers in the middle of the football game? Like, I don't know. Or are they just showing other football games like you would normally do at a place like that? I don't know. But it was very clearly, and they very clearly marketed it as as, as like a Twitch product because people in there and the bouncers had, like, Twitch logos on their shirt and stuff like that. So it was really, really interesting. I do wonder what happens in there. So anyway, that was the game. That was the game. The game was fantastic. <laughs> you, that pregnant pause was... Oh, I assumed... I, I was wondering if you had any questions about that. But... Strategically very well placed. No, Vegas has uh, some amazing cuisine. So that, yeah. that tracks. I wouldn't... I'd be surprised to catch at the stadium, but that, that tracks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, and then the other highlight of the trip was uh, we went to a pool party. Uh, like a pool day club. So I have never been to any kind of club in, in Las Vegas before, nightclub or day club. Have you? Have you been to the clubs in Las Vegas Oh, before? yes. You're right. Oh, That's yes. Feel, it feels like that is your energy, right? Yes. Like your, your energy feels like you would have, have club energy. What do you think of, like, the nightclubs in Las Vegas when you go? They're a nightmare. They're a total. Well, okay. it, it depends. So, um, I, I was there for uh, – the first time I went to Vegas, I was there for – five days for a trade show that I was working all five days. And every night I went out until 4 a.m. Because I was on an adventure and it was sure. Vegas and I was in my 20s. So that and was, it was your thing. You said that was your first time too, right? First time, right? Yeah, so I okay. got to I got to the nightclub at the MG. At least one. Well, so here's the thing. If you've never been to Vegas, each each hotel uh, megalopolis, right? Because the hotels are millions of square feet. They each have many have multiple clubs. So like Caesar's Palace, there's a club that's kind of your general admission club. Then they've got a pool club and there's at least a couple other clubs. Sometimes one club is open later. Sometimes one is ticketed. Right. So like there'll be like a, a famous DJ performing. I had tickets to see Elenium at the club in the MGM Grand. So I'll tie a bow on this with the two club experiences I'll, I'll describe. One, mm -hmm. MGM Grand. My wife and I had tickets to see Elenium. So uh, a really great. Uh, I assume a well-known DJ. E EDM, yeah. Sure. So we go to see Elenium and we walk in. It's the MGM Grand has a green color scheme everywhere. So everything's green. It's like you're in the Emerald City in Oz. So we walk in and it's all blue everywhere inside this club. It is, <laughs> it is stuffy. You cannot see more than 20 feet in front of you because it's kind of foggy. And there's nowhere to sit or really stand. There's just a bunch of booths. Where if you're at a booth, you typically have like a $20 million bottle of champagne and mm -hmm, like 12 mm -hmm. hot girls and two rich dudes. And that's pretty much every booth. And like I said, it's literally hard to move around. You can barely stand in between the booths. They're very high traffic. They're a little bit overcrowded unless you are a big high roller, big spender. And then in terms of the density of people, is it is it pretty dense quite, in there? Quite dense. Quite dense. Okay. You know, tough to get to the bar. Um, not, not like... Not, Super uncomfortably dense, but my wife and I left the show before Elenium went on stage. But what time was that? Oh, that was like 11, probably at least 11 p.m. So he probably the, wasn't going to be on stage, let's be honest, until like 2 in the morning. Oh, at least till 2, yeah. Yeah. Now, the other experience was a little better. That was at the Win. I can't remember the name of the, the nightclub, but I went to see Kygo at the end of my last business trip there. And Kygo is performing. Now, the Win similar, right? There's a couple upper levels where there's booths on either side. And you can walk around, but really it's kind of hard to move around unless you're in a booth. Mm -hmm. The booths take up a lot of real estate, like a lot of real estate. 
And then you got the big dance floor. The dance floor, you could not move. You couldn't move. You couldn't breathe. I mean, you, I couldn't even shoulder my way anywhere. So now we're talking about like an incredibly high density of people in this incredibly place. Incredibly high density. And then there was a cool part, but Kygo's very, or the, the nightclub at the wind's very open because behind the stage is the outside. It's, it's the stage is kind of between the inside and outside, and there's a big pool area in the outside. Mm-hmm. And I guess for some shows, that pool is actually open. This was after hours, so clearly wasn't. But uh, you could go outside and move around a little bit there. But there, again, it was like 90% booths, and there was really very little room to stand outside. But I would describe the general club experience based on those two as typically pretty claustrophobic. Uh, on weekends, it's hard to move around. You don't get a comfortable amount of, like, dance floor. Obviously, the drinks are still, you know, 15 20 bucks, like you mentioned. And... Uh, you got to have a lot of money if you want to have a really good time. So that, that's my club experience in Vegas. Got it. So understanding that you have to have a lot of money to do this. Um, this was the first time I had ever been to any club, and it was a day club. We, When we were doing, we were looking ahead to the week, we said, like, it's going to be 95 degrees. Um, definitely going to have a pool day. That was our original plan. And then my brother said, you know, I have always wanted to try one of these day clubs. Um, and one of the things we decided when we were talking about going to a pool, this was before the club talk was like, we need, we at least need like umbrellas. Like we're willing to pay up for maybe a little more comfort at the pool because in Vegas you have to pay for everything. And because a little bit of shade in a completely sunny day where it's like 95 degrees is nice. So we're like, we're going to like pay the money to even get like day beds or get even we were even talking about getting a cabana at the pool at the hotel we were staying at. Right. And that was something we were maybe all going to split. But my brother was like, you know, this is basically my bachelor party. Um, because he is, he's getting married to his wife or to his fiance very soon. He's like, this is basically my bachelor party. I've always wanted to go to one of these day clubs. This one is, this one is supposed to be amazing. They like did some research. Um, He's like, I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to pay for us to go to this day club and get bottle service. Now, if you don't know what bottle service is, bottle service is at these clubs. You pay a lot of money for a bottle of booze, and that generally gets you the bottle of booze. It gets you a place to sit. So that's like the big benefit of bottle service is having a place to sit. That's how you get in those booths you were talking about. Uh, and all of the mixers for the booze that you could want an unlimited supply of that. So what this looked like was we got there at 11 o'clock and uh, the pool was at the Cosmopolitan, which I guess is like one of like the swankiest hotels right now in Vegas. Yes, it is top. It's up there with the Bellagio and I can't even think of another one that's as nice. Maybe the win in the Encore. But yes. It's like the top tier. It's the top five. Hotels I mean, in we Vegas. get we get to this pool and like the to just to get in the security is out of control. It was it was the tightest security I've ever seen. They would take th- they would take all of the things out of your bag and actually search through your bag with like a wand and try to move fabric to see if fabric would move out of the way and things. And I was watching them and they didn't they didn't confiscate anything from anybody, but they basically I was watching them just turn maybe 25% of all people that were coming through their away because they had something in their bag they weren't supposed to bring into the pool because they were searching the bag so thoroughly. I guess that's a little bit like ease of your mind thing too, if you're watching this, but I've never seen security like that. So then you just walk up into the, into the pool area once you finally get in and 
the pool, like the pool area is just a big concrete deck, and there's these big purple booths just kind of everywhere, and each one of those has an umbrella in it. And that's kind of the entire floor, right, is these booths. But to get one of these, you have to do bottle service. So that means that any there were probably 30 booths total in that entire that entire pool, and that they were all full. So every single one of those people was getting some type of bottle service, right? And then there's just like the there's two rows on the outside of this pool that are just these cabanas. One side are just these regular cabanas. That's like the medium to high roller people are renting those, right? And then in the back are these like walkways up to these cabanas. And these are these are I think $15,000 minimums or something like that that you have to be spending at the pool that day. And they are cabana tucked in the back. They come with their own like TV that they have sports running on because it's Las Vegas with a, a, a bartender. You have your own bartender in your cabana and they have their own little like hot tub pool thing. I'm assuming it's not hot because it's Vegas in the sun. I don't think they would have a hot tub out there, but it's like their own personal pool in front of their cabana in front of the pool at the pool party. So that was like the, the there were there were three of those rented when we were there that day. One of them was packed. We're talking like forty to fifty people in this one cabana. So it was it was a rockin' party. Another another one had like a, you know a modest like fifteen people in it, and then one had like three people in it. And those people probably the richest. Of all of the people that were up there would be my guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but then it's just this big bar. There's this big bar that you can go up to and, and walk in and get a drink that's right behind the DJ who's on this elevated platform. So when the DJ comes out, you can see them, right? Which is pretty cool. And then the pool area. And the pool was tiny. I mean, like, just the, the pool was there so you could stay cool. But, like, you could literally get in there and be shoulder to shoulder with people easily if that if the pool was totally full. Eat, like easily it's, it was just small like it could absolutely hold 80 people in it comfortably and then more than that and you're like gonna be up on other people and obviously at a certain point they, they want that as well right um but like that was that was what we walked into we were the first ones there because we got there like a half an hour after it opened and this is not the kind of place that you go to a half an hour after after it opens you go there at like three in the afternoon when you wake up like a normal vegas trip we were up and like and like ready to get there. We were definitely like the old people that got there early. But what that allowed us to do was get a, we got a a pool one of the day beds that was directly in front of the pool that had a direct line of sight to the DJ. So we had like the prime the prime spot in the entire pool to be sitting in. Uh, which was great. And there was a DJ there before the DJ that came on at three. And that DJ was awesome. So we were s sitting there jamming out just from the moment that we got there. But here's what bottle service actually entails. So you you rent this booth and they say, okay, you can rent this booth. It's a $1,500 minimum. So it's like, we'll give you this booth to hang out in over the course of the day. But you have to spend at least $1,500 over the course of the day. Right? So... You get there and they bring you out this menu and, you know, the cheapest bottle of vodka, right? Like, let's say we're going to order just a bottle of vodka is like $700, $700. And you look at it and you're like, wait a minute, this is like, a, like, 
We're talking like the bottle of like kettle one vodka, like skull, like bottom. No, 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 no. The, 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 the minimum tier was absolute. So it was okay. at least like a decent, like a decent top shelf vodka. Right. But like you think about going down to the store and buying a seven fifty of that. And it's like, that's like 30 bucks. It's like this. You're charging me 700 for this. Right. Um, but that's not what you're getting charged for, right? That's is it? Like you're getting charged for the admission to the place. You're getting it charged for the. You're getting charged for the service of the place. You're getting charged for the atmosphere for something that we were talking about. The status of being in there. It is like a high status environment. You feel like important and special. Um, and so what bottle service is is we we looked at the menu and we said the thing that makes the most sense is for us to get a handle. A 175 of Belvedere vodka, which was right around $1,500. Like, this is the thing that it makes the most sense that we get because we'll be able to drink on this the entire day. Um, and it is probably the least offensive booze to drink all day, in my opinion, is just like if you're going to drink a spirit, I think a just a flat, plain vodka is probably the cleanest you're going to get out of you're, you're going to get out of that day. I think if you go anything dark, I think you could have some serious problems by the mm. end of the day. So mm -hmm. um, the, I, th I just thought the vodka was a great choice. But here's what you get with that. You get basically four servers that are constantly at your daybed. You have these two giant bins of ice. One of them just has mixers in it. And one of them has your just your booze in it. And obviously, it's 95 degrees and sunny, and so that ice is melting like crazy. So every 15 minutes, one of your servers is coming, dumping the water out of the ice bucket, refilling it with fresh ice, and bringing it back to you. That is, one person is solely dedicated to re-icing you. That's it. It's his whole job. And he's doing that across the entire club, right? Like, he's doing, like he is just the ice man. Then you have somebody who is watching... You have, you have an actual server who's coming to, like, take orders and be flirtatious and, you know, like, make you have a good time. Was it an attractive pool. server? The the, attra the attractiveness of the servers at that place was the highest I've ever seen in any one environment. I mean, it is very, very obvious what they are going for uh, in that environment, right? Um so you've got one server that's and and her job is is quite literally to come up to these places where there's bottle service and try to make everybody drinks with their own booze that they bought to one try to get the party going a little bit right by getting people more drunk and two to turn tables out of there because if you run out of booze and aren't paying any more money they kick you out. So She's trying to, like, get you to drink your booze, right? Like, that is her job. So her job is to kind of push the party along. Uh, then you've got your, like, drink master. And your your drink master is somebody who is watching your mixers. Because they bring out, in it, like, a carafe of orange juice, cranberry juice, another type of juice, sparkling water that you can mix, bunch of different Red Bull and soda. And there's just like, you get every mixer you want. And the minute that you use anything, the drink man is coming and taking the can or the bottle and either refilling it, throwing it or throwing it away and replacing it with like a new one. And that is his whole job is to just replace your mixers. Right. 
Um, and then there's another person who's coming by with like constant towels. So you get out and your towel's like a slight bit damp. You will get a new towel and that towel will be gone and you will have a fresh, soft towel for the next time that you dip in the water. Even if it's for 20 seconds and then you get out again, you will get that towel. It'll be fresh and soft. And then that towel will be gone again, right? In three minutes when you stand up. Um, and it was very impressive. It was the best service in anything that I've ever had. And I think that's, I, I mean, I would hope that for the amount of money you have to pay to do that, uh, that that would happen. But it really was like an impressive level of service. It was a level of service that was beyond, I think, what you can really get at any anywhere, right? Like it, because, because, you get that at like a fine dining place, but you don't have a bunch of 20 to 30 somethings trying to have like a party at a fine dining place. Like you're not going to get that quality of service in an atmosphere like this. So it was really mm -hmm. cool. It was really, really cool. And the DJs were great and it really was like a big party. Everybody had a great time and it was just like I had nothing but an awesome time there. At about five o'clock, that party went to about seven. At about five, I was like, I am toast like i am done i had i don't i don't know how many drinks i'd had over the course of that day but i certainly didn't drink enough water to keep up with that and it's you it is hot it is the middle of the desert it doesn't matter if you're in a pool you are losing a lot of water and like i was toast i needed a break so i left and i knew that i knew there was going to be that possibility that i would not close down the pool i do not feel guilty about that i was certainly not the first person to leave um, but I would never, I don't think, uh, do that again. I don't think I will, I will do that again. You wouldn't, but, what if someone else paid? I, if somebody was like, Hey, I'm going to treat you and take you all to the pool. I would do that again. Yes. But I, yeah, I, I, like I said, there were so many impressive things and I had such a good time. I just can't justify the amount that it takes to get there. That's the thing. How many people could have comfortably fit in your seating arrangement? I think like eight. Okay. So, you know, if you really were, well, you'll never get in there as like a big group of dudes. Right. But if, but if you were a group of girls and you wanted to go like a group of eight and then like split that, that would at least make a little more sense to me. Um, and you would certainly be able to do that. That's probably the only group setting though that would comfortably be able to do that um and get in there and be like assured to actually get into the pool because these things yeah. are so exclusive that they don't just let guys in like like part of the reason why we were able to get in was because we chose to do bottle service like we went through that process to get the day bed um had we just tried to get general admission we would have had to wait until there were a certain number of girls in because mm -hmm. that is how these places work. So yeah, the Cosmopolitan, uh, the nightclub. If you go at night, the line of men is different than the line of women. And you even, I believe, so at a lot of Vegas clubs, you can get in as a couple. Like your tickets, kind of like okay, well, I'm here with my girlfriend or whatever. That that can work at some nightclubs, not at the Cosmopolitan. For their nightclub, you had, I believe, you had to enter with at least two women. It might have been three. So if you're a guy and you walk up, and I walk up with my, my wife, my fiance, my girlfriend, and I'm like, hey, can we get in? They're like, you got to bring at least one other girl. 
It's just the whole thing. The, the sexual economics are absurd. Did you feel rushed at all by the, like, knowing that they're trying to kind of usher you out the whole time? Did you feel like you had, like, you were rushed? Was there pressure? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But, I mean, at the same time, the booze, I actually left when the booze ran out. I didn't say that. But I, I did leave when the booze ran out. My my brother and brother-in-law actually closed the pool down. But, um Absolutely. But that's like her job. And we were there for six hours. So six of like six hours of an eight hour day. Mm-hmm. So even if I felt rushed, it it like it wasn't enough for me not to have taken advantage of a very long day there at mm-hmm. the pool. Honestly, as long as probably I would want to. Um, but that is definitely her job is to kind of speed the process up. It really is. You didn't feel like uh, people were eyeing you, like security, like thinking, like, are they going to kick us out of here? No. No, not at all. That's probably good. Not at all. When the bottle ran out, was were they removed from the table? Yes, absolutely. Everything was cleaned up very quickly. Wow. Yeah. It's very much a, hey, are you going to buy another bottle or are you going to get the hell out, right? Like, that mm. is, that is, I think, the, that is what they are going for. Yeah. Because it's a $1,500 minimum spend, right? It is. So they couldn't have, like, ordered another individual drink? Like, no, hey, we could Long Island. We'll we could the- We could Oh. Because we had already done, we had already done the, the minimum at the place. Okay. So you, we absolutely could have done that. It's okay. just I think the majority of people are not getting individual drinks to get up to that amount of money. They are getting the bottle service with the mixed drinks. That is kind of like... I think that's kind of like the the idea behind these booths. Yeah, yeah. Is the impression wow. that I get. I mean, I'm 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 completely jealous. This sounds like my kind of dream scenario. The energy was the most Cody energy in that place <laughs> that I I a place I've ever been, for sure. You absolutely would have thrived there. I love Vegas, and here's how much I love Vegas. I have a contag- I tend to have a contagious energy. I've been told by certain people I've dated, mm-hmm. and my wife is seems, based on all of her values and everything about her that she cares about in the world, she thought she would hate Las Vegas and mm-hmm. hated the idea of it and thought that it would be awful. And I took her, and it was one of the most fun trips we've... It might be the most fun trip we've ever taken. She was hooked. She's like, I should hate everything about it. It's artificial. It's fake. It's drunk. There's all these things, but there's something about it that, that, that again, the energy and a part of it, part of what I'm trying to say is I love it so much that I think that part of that was contagious to her. Because I, I think if she had gone by herself or with just like a friend that didn't know Vegas, it would have been different. But I went and I'm like, here's what's awesome. Let's go. And we went to the Peppermill Lounge and we had a weird smoking cocktail and it was bizarre. And I showed her Circus Circus and how it's just kind of a depressing hellhole. And, you know, we walked around everywhere and we checked out the wind and the Encore Lobby where, like, everything is so opulent and just the, the extraness of it, right? So I was able to turn her. So that, that's how into the, the place I am. I, I do love Vegas. Well, see, I don't think that this this pool party, for instance, I am generally, especially with new with new people, I'm pretty introverted. I would not like be able to go to one of these pool parties by myself or maybe even with like one other person and just have a good time. Like there's just no way I could do that because the amount of like emotional investment you need to interact with other people, because that's like that's how these work. Right. These work by interacting with the people next to you. That is like they are meant for people to hook up and get together. That is like the 
that is the point of these places. I'm just like, not a, like, don't want to put that amount of emotional investment, uh, or mental investment into a, an activity where I'm supposed to be like having fun because I just don't find it fun. Right. But going with my brother and my brother-in-law who their energy is the same as your energy. They're incredibly extroverted. That is where they are the most comfortable as in positions like that was amazing because they're, they just end up being buffers to me and my coworker who are much more reserved in a setting like that. And it just totally, it just totally works, right? Cause you're just kind of approaching it as a group at that point. So but, you yeah. need somebody with your energy there is what I'm saying. You like, you need that so that they can kind of direct you through it. Right. Yeah. And but that's part of why I'm jealous is because like as outgoing and extroverted as I may be slash seem a lot of the time, when I went to those clubs in Vegas by myself, I did not have a great time necessarily. When I saw Kai go by myself, I, I had a, I think I had a pretty bad time. It's hard to know because I was very high because uh, mar- uh, they had made marijuana legal and I got a couple of edibles and I just sure. was out of my mind. So, but I did, I, I cannot say that I net positive definitely had a great time. Like, it's not like I look back and I'm like, boy, Kygo was great. It was more like I wandered around aimlessly feeling kind of lonely in a room full of people that were much more uh, rich than me and spending a lot of money on fancy bottle service and had girls dancing on tables and stuff like that. And then barely able to move on the dance floor, which was all dudes from the tech conference I was at. It just didn't, nothing really, nothing worked. So it was just kind of there and there was good music, I guess. And then I left and that was kind of it. Yeah. So like if I had been, if it had been like just you and me at that pool party, you would not have had as good a time as you did with your, with your brother and your brother-in-law at all, for sure. And I, I wouldn't be able to go with most of the people I know and and have that experience knowing your brother and how like, you know, extra he is. Uh, so, uh, yeah, some, one of these days, if I can wrangle somebody like him, that's just like, ah, boom, I'd, I'd love that. But man, that's, uh, you lived, we lived out one of my dreams, man. Uh, pour one out for you by drinking this black cherry Mountain Dew. Yeah. And you know, I don't feel bad talking about Vegas because it's basically a big video game, right? I mean, it's, there's lots of buttons. There's a lot of flashing lights. There's a lot of stuff you can press. You can win. You can lose. Yeah. Well, I've never known anyone that's gotten the bottle service. So I I was fascinated by hearing all the details and about all the mechanisms and machinations. It is, it is like a video game, the way it operates too, the way you got a high score if you got money. Yeah. One other thing before I I put a bow on this is we went to the pinball to wrap this back into a video game adjacent topic here. Um, One of the things we did in Vegas this time that we went that I've never been to before was the pinball hall of fame. Or not Pinball Hall of Fame, sorry, the Pinball Museum, which in it is legitimately a museum. It's a nonprofit organization. They are, their goal is to preserve pinball machines. And they just have a giant warehouse with, and it is, it is probably two to 300 pinball machines in there. And they're all just quarter pinball. And you go there and you play pinball. They've got every machine you can think of. And it is awesome. It was really cool. Really cool place. And it was, like the only family friendly thing that we did, right? Like there were a bunch of families in there, a bunch of kids in there playing pinball. It was a super cool place. They had every pinball machine. It was great. Nice. Yeah. Way to go. I do want to go back badly. I may go to a conference in January. That would be fun. This episode probably won't be out by then. (laughs) 
And I want to go when my wife is no longer either pregnant or nursing, because then, you know, we can really party and let loose. Sure. But there's some, there's some good times to be had. That's, that's, that's excellent. That, that definitely beats my, uh, the, the, the video game themed extracurricular activity that I participated in was a few weeks ago. There was another Final Fantasy Symphony in Chicago that I saw, but there's really nothing to report there. It just was another Final Fantasy Symphony. I've seen many. I was surprised because the last few, there have been some themed ones over the years. I think my favorite one that I went to was the Final Fantasy VI anniversary concert. Was it just Final Fantasy VI music? Primarily. They they did a couple. Well, they played the the final boss Kefka music, like the tower, like the three-part tower on the pipe organ in Symphony Center. That's very cool. It was unreal. And then, of course, they've closed with the opera. Now, I've heard the opera a couple times live, so that wasn't like, that's not what sticks out as much. But, of course, the opera is like, I mean, I cry every time. So that was, that I liked. And then last February, they did a Final Fantasy VII remake-themed concert symphony that I missed, unfortunately, while I was in Cancun. So it wasn't that bad bad of a miss. But I missed that one. But traditionally, the the More Friends or what is it called now? Distant Worlds concerts, mm-hmm. the Distant Worlds symphonies. In the past, they've gone kind of chronologically. They're like, we'll start with Final Fantasy 1 through 3 medley, then something from 4, then 5, then 6. And they haven't done that in years. And they did that this time, which was like kind of cool because we brought our friend Ryan, who had never been, and he thought it, he was blown away. But I was kind of like, well, they've already, I've already seen this exact show like four times. So I, I don't know. I may skip the next one. I'm just kind of like, do I've they do they always do different music? Or I mean, this show you said was like a repeat of a previous show, but was there always like music that was shared between all the shows as well? Yeah, some songs. I mean, for the for the encore, they played Xanarkand, which made me immediately start crying, like yeah. immediately, just without even thinking. It was, Song's awesome. It's so good. And then they always do One Wicked Angel for the last encore. Mm-hmm. In fact, I saw a symphony one time and they played One Winged Angel during the show and then they played it again for the encore. <laughs> kind of uh-huh. weird. Uh, but no, they, they, they cycle a few. They, 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 they'll occasionally do new ones. They had like a Final Fantasy battle medley they did right before intermission that was brand new to the show. It was fine. Sometimes they'll do like from nine. Sometimes they'll do Not Alone. Sometimes they'll do like Vamo a la Flamenco or something. Mm-hmm. So, or Vamo a la Chocobo or whatever it's called. So they'll, they'll alternate a little bit. Uh, they, they played Aerith, Aerith theme from Final Fantasy seven in the past. They've played a couple other ones. They've done like Cosmo Canyon before. So it's just theme and variations, right? It's like 70% probably roughly the same. And then they'll switch out about 30 of it percent. But, I still recommend it if you've never been. Like, it sure. is a cool show to see. But, uh, you know, man, I've been going to these since t- 2007. I went to Dear Friends Music from Final Fantasy. It was the first fully video game-themed concert in North America, according to the conductor at the time. Then they did More Friends right after that, and then they changed it to Distant Worlds like 10 years ago, and it's been Distant Worlds ever since. And I've seen, like, I've seen it like every year. So um, maybe I'm just, maybe I just need a little break. I don't know. That said, there's a chamber music version that I'm going to in January. <laughs> right, a perfect break, like four months. Yeah, all the breaks which, which, which is newer, so I'm, I'm not as burned out on that. But but speaking of, the, I mean, the main reason for that story was one, you know, check out the show if you can; they're good. But two, that does bring us 
to and you know, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it because we're we're going long. But uh, that does that's a nice transition into what you've been playing recently. As we go full gamer, I was expecting like a vocal effect there, so I I want a vocal effect next time. I'm sure you can figure that out with your soundboard. Um, well, it depends. It depends. Which Final Fantasy game have you been playing? I've been playing Final Fantasy Fort. Okay, I need you to help me with this. Uh-huh. The award-winning. Yeah, you been. Yeah, it's it's critically acclaimed. Final Fantasy fourteen, which that's what I was thinking. Has a free trial up to level sixty and includes the award winning first expansion, Heaven's Word. And yes indeed it is a Is that your son saying MMORPG? <laughs> Oh, you haven't heard him say that? No, that was my first time hearing that. That was when pretty I good. Say, when I say, have you heard of Critically Acclaimed, he just, he puts on this demon voice and yeah. and literally... <laughs> I don't know why he changes his voice, but it's one of my favorite things. My son just turned two. It's a good time. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. So it is an, it is an MMO, MMORPG. <laughs> it's so good. It is that. We've talked about it a thousand times on this show. You've talked about it a thousand times on this show. So I won't spend a bunch of time on it. But I, th- this game is a game where when I play it, and I love it, I love this game for this. Um, this game really intends for you to kind of come back when they have a new expansion, stick with it for a couple of months, and then they'll they'll even like say to you, right? Like the the developers of Final Fantasy 14 will say to you like take a break from our game for a while until we have new content and then come back, right? And so I had for the first time ever in my Final Fantasy 14 playing career, uh and I've been playing it for like 8 years or something like that now, um off and on. For the first time, I had kind of caught up with the story. So I had, if you can believe that, in the eight years that I have been playing Final Fantasy XIV, I was never caught up to the current state of the story because there was, there's just like, there's just just such a ridiculous amount to do in the game, right? Mm -hmm. So I was never caught up with the story. I was always distracted by something else. Um, I was finally caught up. And I had played the story of that latest expansion, the one before this one, Shadowbrings. I'd played through it basically straight because once I started it, I got really invested in it and I just kind of kept going with it. Well, when I got done with that and was like doing some of the optional stuff, some of the side quest stuff, some of the additional content that they added, I realized I was like, I'm kind of burned out of this game right now um, and I need to take a break. And that break was like a year so it's been about a year. I think when I fired up when I fired up Steam, it might have been last August or last November was when I had was when I last played the game. And so I was like, I'm I'm ready again. I'm kinda I kinda miss Final Fantasy Fourteen. I'm ready again to get in and like start the new expansion. So I just bought the new expansion and resubscribed and got back in there and immediately did the thing that I always do and not do any of the new stuff, which was the reason why I came back. But instead went back and was like, I'm going to play with this other class, this expansion. But that class isn't ready to go into the expansion yet. I have to get them ready. So I'm going to spend the next week and a half 
of my new resubscription to this game that I've been playing for eight years for like thousands of hours that I know how the game works. I'm going to go back and just do the things that I've done 300 times to kind of reacquaint myself with the game and uh, and and get the class that I'm going to play for the expansion up to the level they need to be at. And uh, and I'll be good. So I've had like 10 days of doing that. So now I finally, <laughs> yesterday for the first time, walked into the new expansion content and I'm, and I'm, uh, I'm going to go through that. And already it seems pretty interesting. So I love that game. I really do. It It's a game I keep coming back to. It's super fun to play. It's a very zen game. It's a sit back game, which is games you can, pl- I feel like you can play for a lot longer. Um, and you can just kind of sink into it and do one of a thousand different things when you're playing it. Yeah, it's I, I'm enjoying it. I played a couple hours on Monday for the literally the first time in probably five weeks. And that makes me sad because yeah. a new patch dropped. Uh, there is a new raid tier. So every every expansion, there's 12. There's a 12, like, part normal raid series, I guess that would be called. And so they just released part two. So it's... Uh, fights five through eight. Haven't played any of them yet. Sure. Haven't played any. They just released some more main story quest with lots of heavy-handed references to Final Fantasy IV, which I'm a big fan of, because obviously that's that was the first Final Fantasy game that John and I got really into mm-hmm. and was. was our introduction to the series. So very near and dear to both of our hearts. So heavily referential, some really great music remixes, some surprising cameos. Of Doesn't course, that make you excited now, though, for when you get back? Like, when you get the time to get back? That sounds so exciting. It does. Well, I played two hours of Just Story, and I don't usually do that. Usually I do the daily quests, and I'll do a couple roulettes, but I was just like, let's Just Story it up and screw yeah. the other stuff, and it was great. So yeah. I am excited. I am, I'm hoping later this week I can play just a couple hours just to, like, you know, finish. Because, you know, when a new patch comes out, there's maybe five, six hours of story at the most. It's not long. So other content I want to get to, but there there is a lot to look forward to. So I'm I'm very very stoked. Sure, I did get my Steam Deck email as well. So I purchased my Steam Deck. You bought a Steam Deck? I did, I did. I have been I have been wanting one, and I was like, I'm going to sign up for this. So back in August, I put down the deposit, and I just got the email to uh, yesterday, and so I paid for that, and hopefully we'll have that before my vacation is done. I cannot wait to hear you review that. I'm excited. I'm really excited for it. I, I, everything I've been reading is just that thing is knocking it out of the park. So, a friend had it, uh, had a pre-order, didn't want it, and I had the opportunity. But it's too. The price was too close to that of a of a like Valve a, Index. Sure, of like an actual of an actual PC, even. Well, I mean that I don't, I don't mind the price itself. The thing is that I'm in the market for a good VR headset. And oh, interesting. Be, okay. Well, I mean, I say in the market. What I mean by that is I want a VR setup. I am not willing to pay. I am not willing to buy an Oculus Quest because I hate Facebook as a company, Meta, mm-hmm. whatever. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I actually am that, like, no, anti-them. I, I understand. <laughs> so there, there is a Chinese competitor, which, of course, is kind of like, that would be the pot calling the kettle black. If I wouldn't buy the Facebook thing for privacy concerns, but then bought some Chinese headset, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I'm sure will just you know be worse. But I don't know; they just feel like they're further away. That will actually steal the information out of your brain. I think. 
Yeah, probably. But I'm, I'm, I did read one review that the controller itself is really kind of clunky. And so it's like, whatever. Look, all I want to do is play Beat Saber. Saber. All I want to do is play Beat Saber. I don't actually want to do any kind of first-person shooter stuff. I don't want to do space simulators. I don't want to do flight stuff. I literally want to play Beat Saber. <laughs> so I can't really justify $1,000 for sure. a Valve Index. I for a Beat Saber just- machine. Right. I could justify a few hundred bucks for an Oculus, but again, it, well, first of all, Facebook, and second of all, they you know, cranked up the price. Mm-hmm. So I'm either going to get this weird Chinese thing, or I'm just going to wait till something cheaper comes out, because secondhand market doesn't really save you any money. You save like 50 bucks. But anyway, because I am considering that so seriously, it'd be s- silly for me to go spend six, six or 700 bucks on a Steam Deck if I'm like, well, that's most of the way towards a decent VR headset. Yeah, I think for me, the idea of an actual portable Steam machine, like a, a truly one with portable one with actual gamepad controls and things that are good is it sounds like maybe just like sitting in bed and and doing what you do with your switch. Yeah. Right. And just like playing something with headphones on or something in bed that I would be playing down that I would have to play downstairs on the TV sounds amazing. It is amazing. But I am playing Hades right now, which I can play on my switch. And I don't have time for other games at all right now. So yeah, exactly. if, if I were in a different place, if this were a year ago, pff, sign me up. Two years ago, it, literally any time. But like after the last few months, I'm just like, I do not have any time to play right. Steam games. Or I'm not making the time, I guess. So I don't know. But anyway, maybe 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 one of these days. Maybe one of these days. Well, um, well I'm excited to hear about the Steam Deck uh, review, hopefully on the next uh, exciting episode that will probably be released maybe someday. Of Game Life Balance US. Maybe. We should make some like seasonal references. So when this comes out in January, people are like, oh, oh yeah. So Halloween. we talk about like the New Year's the New Year's celebration that we had was really great. Mm-hmm. And St. Patrick's Day was uh, uh that's why I'm wearing a green shirt for the video viewers. Yeah. High to tie, I think, as they say. They do. Actually, I'm <laughs> so I have so First of all, for some reason, next weekend, this will show the date of the recording. The Monday of next weekend, we have Columbus Day off slash Indigenous Peoples Day for work. Mm-hmm. Which is very weird. I don't know why we have Columbus Day off, mm-hmm. but here we are. So it's a three-day weekend. So months ago, my wife and I were like, let's take an extra couple of days. I'm taking off next Thursday and Friday. And then we also have Monday. So we've got Thursday through Monday for a baby moon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sweet. Because that sounds great. Last trip before the kid, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Go out with a bang in 2022. So my aunt owns a, a, a bunch of cabins on a lake in Maine. She and her, 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 uh, her not her widow, she is the widow, but her, her dis- departed uh, partner of many years, kind of ran this this thing up in Maine and it sounds beautiful. My parents say it's lovely and I have not seen it and my wife loves outdoors. So I'm like, let's go to Maine. Sounds great. Uh, mm-hmm. Cannot get a hold of my aunt. Have been calling her for weeks. Can't get a hold of her. Just can't. It just goes to voicemail. She only has a landline mm. uh, or, or actually not voicemail. It's busy most of the time. Have you? When's the last time you heard a busy signal? I have no idea. Dude. <laughs> I, have no, I literally have no idea. Right. So I hear a busy signal. I'm like, this is a throwback. Can't get a hold of her for weeks. So the baby moon's in like nine days. We have no plans. 
So I, I looked up some deals. We, I don't know. We might go to Ireland. Hey, that's yeah. uh, you can go like five hundred bucks round trip from Chicago right now. I mean, that seems pretty. Seems pretty great. It seems decent, right? Go to Ireland. So like, I'm not gonna travel in 2023. I'm gonna have two kids. Yeah, I'm not doing that. We don't have time for that. I don't know. So yeah, part of me. Why did Ireland come up? It was from something I was saying a second ago. Uh, high to tie. Yes, high to tie. You're, yeah, talking, you're talking about you're yes. talking about happy happy St. Patrick's Day to yeah. everybody, and now at this point, happy Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Fourth of July. Can't wait for Martin Con. Actually, that was a great Martin Con we just had. It was. It was. It was very good to see you. Good too. Well, do you have? Do you have? Uh, well, so I'll, I'll update you on where in the world we end up going. I doubt it will be Ireland, but like part of me is like, hey, it's actually sem- somewhat affordable given flight prices to everywhere else. And I don't know where in the U.S. I feel like going. Pretty much nowhere, honestly. And would give you an excuse to go to Ireland, which sounds pretty friggin' awesome. I was looking. If we go to the Dublin, we can take a day trip. You can take day trips anywhere, really, because Ireland's not that big. But you do a day trip to, like, uh, the uh, Giant's Causeway, and then just, like, spend a couple days in Dublin. Just whatever. I'd drink some Guinness. She can, yeah. I don't know, do whatever pregnant women do and just call it a day. I think we could call it a day. Okay. All right. Why don't you read the outro copy, which I'm very excited about. Thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance U.S. podcast, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. If you had fun, then please tell one friend about our podcast. That is all we ask. You can learn more about Game Life Balance, including our sister show in Australia at GameLifeBalance.us or check out Game Life Balance and lots of other geeky shows on the Gunna Geek Network at GunnaGeek.com. I felt like I enunciated that really, like that was one of my better reads. It was good. I was, I was checking the whole time to see if Game Life Balance... Dot us exists <laughs> if the web page exists anymore. I, I did. I did shut down our actual official website. It is gone. R.I.P. And the website that exists is it now just directs to our anchor page. No, well, F, F and chat. F and chat. Yeah. F F F for uh, F for pay respects. Pay respects. Pay respects. Very respectful. Respectable. <laughs> oh, I'm finish I'm just- this. Buck Cherry Mountain Dew. I have a mild headache. <laughs> well, there's there's nothing that is going to make your head better than knocking down another 20 ounces. Because I'm sure you're about halfway through that. Knocking down another 20 ounces of Mountain Dew Black Cherry Bear? Black Bla- Berry? Just Black Cherry. Black- uh, the bear is implied. <laughs> <laughs> It's only a hundred calories, dude. There's no sugar, no That's caffeine. It's just vodka. There's, there's. It's also really gross. It's also just really nasty. <laughs> it's like, what did vodka and food coloring ever do to you? <laughs> <laughs>